episode of the podcast Shashank Redemption. I'm your host Shashank Shekhar, CEO, entrepreneur, innovator, best-selling author and keynote speaker. When I mentioned to my assistant Rachel that I was starting my podcast, her first reaction was, "Do you even have time for this?" Now, that's usually how we react when we think of doing something new. We think about working out more reading more books start meditating but almost immediately convince ourselves not to pursue it because do i even have time for that i mean there are other reasons as well i mean we have fear of failure fear of unknown we don't know what trying something new will end up as and we think that we might not succeed with that uh, we might get rejected i mean there is there is serious fear of rejection with humans maybe you feel that you will be judged for doing something unknown and new and and it doesn't pan out very well and and people will judge you for your for your failures now you are not alone because through thousands of years of human evolution um, we have been conditioned to fear the unknown we have been conditioned to not try new things i mean imagine if you were say a hunter you were a caveman and you were hunting for something thousands of years ago and you saw an animal that you have not seen before or a reptile that you have not seen before now you don't know what kind of an animal or reptile that is i mean not trying something unknown could have resulted in you dying really you you could have paid the ultimate price for not fearing the unknown but then also understand that it's embracing something new being courageous enough and being brave enough to explore the unknown which is what has driven the human race forward like imagine if we never tried something new ever again uh, ever in the last say, thousands of years we would still be cave men and cave women doing the same hunting and gathering that we did say thousands of years ago and my entire life and whatever success i have had has been punctuated repeatedly by trying something new and even after being a guest on say dozens of podcast starting my own is yet another example of me trying something new so i thought the first episode of shashank redemption will be a perfect time to talk about what does it take to try something new and why should you do it Now Anthony de Saint Exupéry once said that if you want to build a ship don't drum up the men to gather wood divide the work and give orders instead teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea in my opinion this one sentence ever so beautifully sums up why we are here on this planet to yearn for our highest house of production and not to settle for anything less In the lead up to this first episode that I'm recording I was asked by several people why a podcast I mean I have been 
blogging for a very long period of time. I've been writing books. But to me, starting this podcast is, it's my small way of reaffirming that Saint Expuri quote. I am trying to instill in you the yearning for the vast and endless sea of human potential. To be the CEO of an Inc. 500 company is a big deal for anyone, but the stakes can become back-wrenching for someone who began his journey from one of India's poorest villages. In the mid-80s, the place where I come from was this run-of-the-mill village where the nearest bus stand was a two-miles walk, running water was unheard of, and electricity was a distant dream. And at the school where I went, there were no benches, and the chairs were reserved only for the teachers. The students, like us, sat on the floor. But it wasn't all doom and gloom, really. In the pastoral setting, you could see the three parallel ranges of Himalayas on a wintry morning. Its resting line of straw bales could inspire Claude Monet Haystack series on a fall evening. And its summer night could arouse Van Gogh towards his starry night. I spent my first 10 years of life there, and even though the resources were limited, it was fun. I wouldn't exchange it for anything else. But even with my exceptional school grades, I was, I was 10 and I was in the eighth grade and at the top of my class, it seemed I was destined to a life of mediocrity, much like the other kids of the village. And that's when I was thrown into trying, my, trying something new for the first time. Uh, my mom thought I was too smart for that school. Uh, my mom thought I had too much potential being at the top of the class and when I was 10 and I was already in the eighth grade. And she sent me off to, to this one big city in India. Uh, so big that it's not just one of India's big city, it's one of the world's biggest cities. And there I was, completely out of my comfort zone, completely out of me being top of my class, and I was sent to this school where they taught everything in English. Now, English was a language where I had barely learned my alphabets just a few months back. Uh, English is my third language, actually. And so the very first day of the school, the only English sentence that I really knew was, what is your name? And nothing else really. And so that fear of unknown that I was talking about, that's, that's what I had at that time. I walk into this school fearing the fact that some kid will ask me something in English and I would not know the answer. I would not probably even understand the question in the first place. And I would embarrass myself. And imagine being so embarrassed on very first day of a school, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year. But thankfully, that did not happen, and I, I struggled through through the school year, uh, trying to learn English uh, as a language. And but it worked out fine. I mean, next year I was I was top four in the top four in the class. So much so that I actually went to another school, which uh, which used to teach William Shakespeare originals as their English course. So not just stories, but really the originals. I. I ended up studying three William Shakespeare original even before I had uh, graduated from uh, 10th grade. And that actually inculcated me the love for English literature for the rest of my life, so much so that I actually went to college 
and studied English literature for my undergraduate um, and and came out, graduated top 10 in the university uh, for that subject. So imagine knowing practically nothing just a few days back to actually completing a college degree in that and being almost top in the top in the class or top in the top 10 in the university for that. Um, so I kind of embraced that that trying something new for the very first time. And I did reasonably well. And then after that, the story just continues is because um, I was working for uh, a small company as uh, as a salesperson there, um, really trying to get more students into this educational institute I was working at. And my boss said, you're really good at the sales thing. Uh, why don't you do something which is more professional, like get a professional degree and, and, and do something better with it? And just like that, that English medium school earlier, I had no idea what I was, what professional degree he was talking about, or what should I be trying. And and then he talked about MBA to me. He said, "Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and get uh, yourself an MBA? That will really catapult your professional career." And so again, knowing, not knowing much about it, I uh, took entrance test for several top MBA schools in India. And if you if you know anything about India, really, uh, usually there are almost about a million people that take entrance tests for these schools, and and less than hundred people usually get it. Uh, that's the acceptance ratio in in some of the most uh, sought after MBA schools or engineering schools or or medical schools in India. Uh, but I did end up getting selected for a school that was ranked number seven in the country. I actually got a scholarship for that, and. Uh, went on to attend the school. And the same story, it was almost like a deja vu from several years back when when I went to this this English school, is again, I was, I was thrust into this MBA school where I knew nothing. It's, I went to school studying, I went to colleges studying English literature, and here I had all my friends and other people in the class who had studied econ or if they were engineering graduates, uh, or they did bachelor's in business administration. So they they had such a huge head start compared to me who practically knew no subject which was being taught at the business school. But then two years later, I was second in the class when we graduated from there. So this is my entire emotionally taxing away from parents journey, which I started when I was super young, just 10, uh, eventually led to an MBA from one of the best business schools in India a very successful uh, stint in corporate India, and finally, uh, my landing in America. So when Inc. 500 decided to write me, um, write to me that I had, I had made what is called the most uh, exclusive club in business, it felt like a culmination of years of mental and emotional battle, uh, neither any less demanding than the other. But what does really an Inc. 500 mean? I mean, if you if you think about it, especially to me, it meant a world and more because now my company, Instar Mortgage, has put itself where Oracle and Microsoft were were put. And there's a reason why the Inc. 500 is hyped, really. I mean, in the three years period when uh, the other economies grew at a, at a meager rate, when most of the world economy was ravaged by pandemic, uh, Insta Mortgage registered over 1,200% growth. Now, anybody will tell you that that 
that growth is equivalent to probably 10 times the national average. Um, but actually, it was 165 times the national average. So you have to be 165 times better than your other uh, competition, so to say, to make that Inc. 500 list. And to put this, put things further in perspective, that's one out of 12,000 companies that make that list. And we somehow sometimes complain about acceptance rates at, at Harvard, Stanford, MIT, where the acceptance is actually one out of 20. So imagine if one out of 20 sounds extremely difficult, trying to make a list where you are one out of 12,000 companies to do that. And in all modesty, really, what makes the achievement even more noteworthy is that Insta Mortgage was started at arguably actually inarguably, really, uh, the worst time for business. It was the subprime-triggered economic meltdown of 2008. And I had made up my mind to, to enter the mortgage business when American and probably worldwide economists, media, and the administration in general were infuriated with the loose lending guidelines and hailed the mortgage industry as the architect for the meltdown. So when the home buyers were really not buying anything, uh, when nobody was really refinancing, nobody had a need uh, or really the, the uh, capability of buying a home. I sat on my kitchen table with $1,900 in capital and for what it was worth really an indomitable probably courage to start a mortgage business. And mind you, I was a year and a half in the, in the country with really no connections. Uh, nobody uh, even close to where I lived. The closest relative I remember was in Canada. So, and that was just starting the business. I know it took courage uh, to start it, but really uh, the, the bigger task comes after you start the business. Starting the business itself is just the first act. Uh, and I realized about a year into the business that I was struggling and this was something, even though I wanted to do for a long time, entrepreneurship was not really working out for me. And that's when I read somewhere, I think it was a Jeffrey Gitmer book that said that if you want to be considered an expert, if you want people to take you seriously, uh, you should be writing and speaking. And so I started blogging in 2009, a year after I started the business. Less than 10 people in the industry were blogging back then, I remember. And I wrote for six months straight, two times a week, and nothing really happened. For weeks and months, uh, I kept writing, but really nothing happened. And it was after six months that I got my first call that somebody actually saw one of my blog posts on the web. Imagine what would you do if you, if you kept trying something for six months straight, putting in several hours of preparation and work, and nothing really happened. I mean, we would probably quit. First of all, we won't even try again. Same thing, the fear of unknown, fear of trying something new, something that you have never done before. But I kept at it and it resulted in, in building one of the biggest platforms for my success later on, the blogging platform. And same thing with speaking. Again, I had done some speaking at, at business school, but really no real public speaking experience in front of an audience which, was, which were not my friends. And same thing happened. I mean, the first opportunity that I got was because I had sponsored an event. There were about 30 real estate agents in attendance. 
It was a four-minute talk that I had to give. And I recorded myself 27 times over and over again. I tried to get it better before I could get there on the stage and, and speak for four minutes. And now I could walk into a room with thousands of people in audience with very little preparation, and I will do just, just about fine. And so as you can see, it's, it's trying something new over and over again that has really worked in my favor. Now, irrespective of talent, success has to be baptized by the strength of character and hard work. And I had resolved not to let my moral reserves fade, well, ever. Uh, for me, the only peak would have been, would have sufficed. And for the best, you pay. And, and going out of my comfort zone was the only currency I had, so much so that I started calling it romancing the uncomfort zone. It's like, it's like embracing it. It's like liking it. It's like falling in love with it. And, and you need to, and that's why romancing the uncomfort zone is, is what has worked. I say this because I want all you guys and girls uh, who are thinking of doing anything really uh, remarkable in life, whether it's entrepreneurship or something else, that success can be created without money, background, and connections. Now, this is worth repeating. You can be wildly successful without IVD schooling, boatloads of cash, or powerful connection. Yes, you will hit blind walls, face insurmountable cliffs, and maybe receive cruel initial blows. Uh, but really, I mean, you will see that the roads will open, fissure will erupt in solid walls, and time will give you a look in. And if opportunity is when luck meets preparation, I hope this podcast will help you get as prepared as you ever can be. Now, even if we talk about behavioral scientists or, or people who are a neuroscientist, they will tell you that when you seek novelty, uh, when you try something new, several things are going on in your brain. First of all, you're creating new synaptic connections with every new activity you engage in. These connections actually build on each other, increase your neural activity, creating even more connections to build other connections. New learning is taking place. New learning also triggers the release of dopamine, which motivates us, which in turn leads to neurogenesis or creation of new neurons and new neural connections. So as you can see, whether you base it on science or common sense, or just take my word for it, trying new things and continuing to learn and challenge ourselves widens our perspectives and brings numerous physical, cognitive, and emotional benefits. Plus, sometimes it's just plain fun. Talking of fun, it was at 15,000 feet. My gears double-checked, my fears embraced, and I readied myself for the first free fall, my first skydive. Cold wind slapped my face in a near-zero temperature. It was biting, exciting, scary, thrilling, and a feeling of you are going to die all at the same time. And again, that's something that, that we don't try, right? I mean, we think of a skydive and, 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 and think the fear of unknown. We don't know how it will pan out. And if you haven't experienced that most adrenaline-pumping 79 seconds of my life, at least, because of fear, here is a fact that might help. According to United States Parachuting Association, there are an estimated 3 million jumps that happen per year. And the fatality count is only 21. 
that's a 0.0007% chance of dying from a skydive compared of compared to a 0.016 chance of dying in a car accident. So imagine that. You're just driving around, going to your work. Your chances of dying is so much higher than free falling from 15,000 feet with nothing but the hope that the parachute will work somewhere down the, down, uh, down the road. In layman's term, really, we are, we are about 24 times more likely to die in a car accident than in a skydiving one. Fear breeds negativity. It is the opposite of hope, optimism, and positivity. When we become negative in our mindset, we allow our imagination to show us the worst possibilities. In the end, most of such possibilities don't show up. What if we lose in the process, though, is our peace of mind, and with it, our ability to execute strategies and important decisions. Think about this fact for, for a moment, is that your body biologically, you are, you, are, you are becoming a new you every few months. We have about 330 billion cells that are replaced daily in our body. That's equivalent to about 1% of all our cells. So in about 100 days, we replace almost 30 trillion cells. That's an equivalent of new you. So whether you think of this as a biological phenomena or you believe in some higher self um, or say God, whether you think of it as a he, she or it, I'm not here to really talk about religion. Uh, but what I'm saying is that whether you, you think of it as a biological phenomena or a divine phenomena, but you are being created a new you every few months every few weeks. So if the entire you can be new every few months, there's no reason for you to fear trying something new, which is a very small part of, your, of the entire you. Now I'll wrap up with this. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, Explore, dream, discover. On that Mark Twain quote, I'd like to wrap up episode one of Shashank Redemption, this podcast with your host, Shashank Shaker. Hope you enjoyed it and will catch me on episode two.